Shay Shay is all the way, bitch. <laughs> Welcome to the square table where we all give advice and answer the hard questions about life. I'm your boy Darren Shay, and I got my two co-hosts here, Jay Lee and D Maul. Introduce yourself for the crowd, gentlemen. Hey, it's your boy Jay Lee. Um, I had a damn. What was my my AKA for today? I forgot. Damn. I'll hit you up with it later. Bro, you coming with AKAs damn, now? You got AKAs, now, dog. <laughs> bro. He. <laughs> Wow. wow, man. Coming out here with AKs yeah. now. It's, it was super clutch. So square table first. Jay Lee got an AK. Go ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Bro. We took too long. I will be the baby Not whisperer control. today because Josh Jr. may make a uh, an appearance. Because now you, and in the background, he's like a thug, dog. Yeah, 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 hey, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, your boy b a.k.a. What the fuck is happening? That's, I think that's my AK for today, dog. The world is crumbling. Yeah, but, but when I say world, I, I mean United was, States. But I thought we were supposed to keep it family friendly. I mean, family this family is Trump's my, America, my so like here. I can say what I want. You know, <laughs> it, that's family friendly. That's obviously, you know, your fake news. You can say what you, you can do what you want, but I'm gonna tell you like it is. And it has hit this. It, it's, it's gone. It's gotten real this week. I mean, not even this week. Like the last two weeks. Like the the world has just ended. And if you are listening to this, congratulations, um, you made it um, through the first attack um, from North Korea. From North Korea. Um, yes, may the indeed. odds forever be in your favor for the second and third. Because um, <laughs> they're shooting rockets like every day. So Every day, um, every day. So I'm right proud now. of you guys yes, it, for being vigilant, okay? <laughs> um, stay safe stay out there. West Coast on high alert. <laughs> stay vigilant. <laughs> Hey, bro, bro we, we took a week off last week, but go ahead and uh, recap our last episode for the listeners. Um, for those who didn't, what was it? We had, uh, we had our girl Treasure, yeah, Treasure, Treasure. The, on the on the owner, CEO, businesswoman, CEO, huh? Treasure and Soul. Shit. Yeah, she yeah, is. Uh, she owns her oh, own self, business. Self, you know? self-made. That, that would make her. That would make her a CEO. No, I just feel like, um, uh, you real? know, maybe I you know, know some, somebody that knows somebody boss now. People from Hampton. Yeah, we you know boss people from. Yo, Hampton. talk about boss Shout people. Hold H-U. on, put a pin in the recap of last week. Boss people from Hampton. Did y'all, my man's um, Earth Gang? They've blown up, dog. Yeah. I haven't, dog, I shout out to Earth Gang. They've blown the fuck up. Hip. Anyway, all right, back to the recap. So last week we <laughs> talked to um, our girl's treasure about opening a black business and supporting black businesses. Um, and I, you know what? When I went back and listened to that episode, I really felt good about that episode because I feel like we really got some information out there that you know a lot of people don't necessarily you know think that they can do. Like they, a lot of people have dreams of like being in the fashion industry or, or, or pursuing their own like careers and, and, and make, starting their own businesses, but they don't really want to do the work. And so it was interesting to hear Treasure talk about, even though she had the financial backing to do it, um, the hardships and, and roadblocks that she still hit, you know, going that way. So I think that that, I don't know, I just felt really good about that because I was like, you know, if somebody's out there right now, that's just like, yo, I want to do this. Maybe 
you know, they can reach out to her or, or maybe they have gone to um, Buy Black. Uh, what, what was the website again? WeBuyBlack.com. We Actually, com. I went there and I bought a hoodie um, dashiki in real life. Anyway, um, uh, WeBuyBlack.com. <laughs> and maybe they're going out there and supporting somebody else's business. Like, there's so many things that I feel like could have come from that episode um, that hopefully came from that episode that, I, you know, I felt proud. I felt like we did something that was worthwhile. Besides giving advice and answering the hard questions about life. Answering the hard questions about life. (laughs) Real, real, real. So, I mean, it's the end of the month. So, as always, uh, as we get ready to wrap up, we'd like to do a, uh, just a current events recap, right? Um, (laughs) And this, I feel like the last two weeks, as far as current events in the world and just politics in general has been probably the most entertaining slash interesting slash um, disappointing (laughs) uh, saga in American politics that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, I would say it's pretty disappointing. Let's start with uh, the Obamacare repeal and Congress's third attempt to strip health care from 36 million Americans. Um, they failed with the repeal and replace. They failed with the repeal and delay. And this week they failed again with the skinny repeal. So what was what does um, that even mean? Skinny repeal. <laughs> <laughs> like are we just like this is like a bunch of different mixtapes that they all flopped. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand where the naming convention is coming from now. It's just confusing. Bruh, the shit well, so the repeal and replace it was they were supposed to repeal Obamacare and then replace it with a, a Trump, um, a Ooh. Trump you know, plan or lack thereof. Then you had the repeal and delay where they would repeal Obamacare and then at a later point down the line, they would come up with a replacement for it. And then the skinny repeal was where it would repeal certain um, certain aspects of Obamacare, not the whole thing. Um, I think it was really the uh, the mandates that they were talking about, the mandate for everybody having insurance and some, some taxes uh, on the wealthy, I think that they were gonna repeal. And they, they failed all three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout shout out, I, you know, shout out to uh, you know the, the Democrats for really sticking sticking to their guns and and, and keeping you know stick to the maniosis feet to the fire. And then shout out to those those three Republican senators at the end um, who uh, really took a stand against their their own party at their probably their own political. Uh, Do you remember where they, where they where those three are from? Uh, it was a Senator Collins, Senator oh. Murkowski, and Senator McCain. McCain's from Arizona. One's from, I think, Maine, and the other one's from uh, Alaska. So I wonder, I wonder why they re- decide to go against. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming because their populations. Ooh, you talking about McCain? Why he decided to go against? You want to know why? Because well, the motherfucker he, yeah, got well, cancer. Yeah. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> The fuck? Because he, because he needs it. About to die. That's why he fucking. Oh man, oh man. But uh, so yeah, that that happened this week, and then of course, of course, uh, the orange man, the our favorite, uh, Mr. Cheeto, um, kept us entertained through his antics, um. First with his speech to the Boy Scouts, giving a political speech uh, to nine, 10, and 11-year-olds, uh, 
who they came out and um, denounced his speech. And then he went on and hit us with the trans ban uh, this week for uh, banning transgender uh, transgenders from serving in the military. And then, of course, you know, he had to send his shots to his well, own attorney general. We, attorney hold on, general. Can we talk about... So What's up? What's up? What's my up? My wife is, gets mad at me when I say this, but, like, every day I laugh at, like, the stuff that comes out of Trump's tweets or his mind because I always wonder, like, what was he doing that he thought, yeah, we should do this? So, like, when we talk about trans not being able to be in the military anymore, like... What was he doing? That wasn't even what they were discussing. Like, what? How did he just so, wake up and was just like, you know what? Nah, no more trans. Word, word on the street. Word on the street is that um, the House was passing. Um, they were passing the uh, the budget, and Trump wanted money in the budget for his wall. That hundred sixty nine billion dollars. I think it's mm-hmm. was one hundred one point six billion dollars, or whatever. However many one point six billion dollars that he wanted for the wall. Well, it was a couple uh, House members of the House of Representatives that weren't for yeah. putting it in there unless Trump went back and changed the uh, the ban on transgenders. So, being so that's not necessarily what I heard. It wasn't that they wanted them to ban. What they wanted is that they got, the taxpayers would not be held responsible for. Funding their, funding their transition, their... but which I think is complete bullshit because the the government will pay for one cosmetic surgery for any other soldier. So if I want a boob job or if I want you know a tummy tuck or something like that, the the military will pay for that. So what difference does that make? Oh, also we spend way more right, money on so than, just, than we do. But oh, like, <laughs> than we than we would on healthcare for for right. trans So soldiers, instead but, of and you know what, it, I could have seen that go either way. He could have said no, taxpayers won't pay for their transition, whatever the case may be. And I, I could have seen that argument go one way or another and, and that settle where it would settle. But for him to just say, and, and that is what they were discussing, for him to just say, nah, they can't be in it at all, is ridiculous, I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, did it seem random to you? That yeah, it, it was came out of nowhere? random. It, like with all the other shit that's it, going on that it, the president should be worried about. It was random as fuck. It was really man. random. It was super. Did you random. see what like, the that was super um, like I, the what, damn? Who was it? What the, how the army re- responded to it? Because everybody started going up in arms. Like the policy just changed. How are we supposed well, to go back? And they I were mean, like, the army was like. A, um, I ain't got no orders. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And like we will continue. Yeah, to that's what all the all the that's what all the generals said. You know, we ain't got no orders yeah. yet. We when we get a policy, you know, in writing, handed down from the Secretary of Defense, and then we'll, yeah, we'll do we'll what we gotta do. That's real. You know, adjust adjust fire. But they, waiting on Mister Madison. I mean, that, that makes sense. You can't you can't uh, can't be giving orders through Twitter. That's is I that mean, how that works. I, in this day and age, I, I guess I wish. so. I mean. So so if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a young army officer and, I, and I'm I'm trying to give my tell my guys what to do I can do it from Twitter and be like well I mm-hmm. gave you a lawful order that's that, that's well, how that works now. If I can give a safety brief via text, then I mean. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I think you could still get fired or something happened. No, because you, you have it in writing. Fired, at that even point. if you do give a safety. But brief. I mean, we're digressing. So. Uh, that's. I just feel like that's when when Trump does things. I laugh, even though everybody else is always up in arms. Like I laugh because I try to put myself in his shoes and think like, what was I doing that I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna tweet this out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I imagine my man sitting on the toilet like, you know what? Fuck the trans. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
actually he might have been in a little Duval situation and he might have like ran into a shorty and that he thought was a woman but was a man or had just gotten a transition <laughs> oh, and so man. then he got oh, upset about felt betrayed. it and he just was like hoodwinked yeah. bamboozled all trans are banned all trans uh, that's what we're doing did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Uh, that interview with Breakfast Breakfast? Nah, man, I can't talk today. With the Breakfast Club and Lou yeah, Duval. I seen that shit. But I mean, I ain't seen it. I mean, it's just it, ignorant, yeah. man. And I just hate that people. I just hate it was him. That's really what, all I feel about that. As I just hate it was him, man. Like, I don't. I'm one of those people. Call me racist. I hate it when black people say dumb black shit. So like. When Tyrese was out there saying dumb shit and Luda was out there saying dumb shit, like, I just hate it <laughs> when black men say dumb shit. Because then it becomes the social media world's way to say that all black men ain't shit and they say ignorant stuff and they dumb and blah, blah, blah. And then I gotta prove myself outside of everybody else to say, nah, it's not all black niggas, it's just... You sliding in the DMs talking about all yeah, black men like on, that. Like, how y'all gotta <laughs> drag us like that? Just because he's a comedian saying stupid stuff. So I was kind of mad about that. Um, what he said, I mean, some people may agree, some people may not agree. It is what it is, but... What did he say? I mean, basically, the... Uh, <laughs> square table off the air it's not everybody's seen that episode i mean he basically said what we were talking about earlier so basically they were asking him if he was in a situation where a girl had been with him for some months and then he found out that she was trans how would he feel about that and he was like i would have to kill her because then i'm gay like there's no way like we can't be cool with that that's never gonna happen blah blah but like so everybody really got upset about which was, it because which, which which wasn't like a really a funny joke because that's a that's a real life thing. Like, you know, thing. A lot of trans a lot of trans are, are subject right. to violence um, because of the yeah because people know, are uncomfortable the, with the that. culture but, and climate and people. What, you know, what makes it so crazy is like he'll say that and it splits people in half. Like some people think that what he said there's nothing wrong with it, and other people think that what he said was real foul. So like. It always blows my mind when you see where people fall on that topic. You know what I'm saying? Even if you go on Twitter yeah, but or Instagram, like you can see people are really at, at, at odds on that because it's just like, I feel like T.I., they're at odds with each other. But like, that shit is just crazy to but me. But were they at all? Yeah, were we at odds? It's just crazy to me. So like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think people have, have a right to feel how they want to feel but at the same time people like you say stuff and what you say matters right. and to be absolutely disrespectful right. to regardless of how you feel about it right. like that is is completely out of hand right. like there's i, yeah, and I, mean, I understand you're a comedian and comedians do say some outlandish shit but like i would have to kill them but you know what like, i can't be a hypocrite right <laughs> what so because i said this before when a comedian says some crazy shit before and I was like, you know, comedians kind of get a pass because that's that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? Comedians say things, especially Lil Duval, he says things that are controversial and that is his shtick. You know what I'm saying? So like, I can't be mad at him for saying something that's controversial because that's the kind of comedian that he is. You know what I'm saying? And if that's his truth, that's his truth. Now, what I, it's not necessarily what he said that gets me so upset. It's the Breakfast Club's response to what he said, you know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to like clean it up or instead of them correcting him or like whatever the case may be, they laughed about it. And I think that that's yeah. what makes it 
I guess, more hurtful to the people out there. Or the people that even su- support that show is that, you know what I'm saying, you laughing about something when there's people out there that die every day for simply the same thing that he just said. And by you laughing, I mean, you're agreeing. That just enforces his behavior. And that's everybody else out there that thinks that believing that is okay. Then, you know, you just have given them the green light, basically. Damn. Oh, and I'm, I'm you know what? This is a perfect segue into our topic today because somebody else with a platform <laughs> said something this this week oh, Atlanta. um about about you know a certain topic that you know people have you know are going through mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you had a certain audience who who uh laugh and applaud it when uh, the certain comment was made, and yes, I am talking about your president of the United States, Donald Trump, and his our, our president. Uh, our man. no, your president. His advocating, his advocating for um, police brutality. So, what man. is exactly? What's the quote, uh, man? What, his, what did he uh, say? Uh, so if I, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, see play if you the quote, play the quote man. All right, I'll right, be right back. I'm gonna play it for y'all. Right now, we have less than six thousand enforcement and removal officers in ICE. This is not enough to protect a nation of more than 320 million people. It's essential that Congress fund another 10,000 ICE officers, and we're asking for that, so that we can eliminate MS-13 and root out the criminal cartels from our country. Now, we're getting them out anyway, but we'd like to get them out a lot faster. And when you see these towns, and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. Like, don't hit their head, and they've just killed somebody, don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? All right, there we go. Awesome, awesome. Like, so what do you got? So you see, you, you see, you see, you see what I'm talking about. He's talking about you know when cops are arresting people, you know they covering their head and put it down, take your head away. I mean, like that that type of that type of talk, especially at this time where there are so many instances of um, police brutality and police shootings, um, especially against. Uh, people of color, African Americans and Latinos, and that's the type of talk that's coming from the leader of the free world, the President of the United States. And I think what what made it uh, worse was that the, the police officers in the crowd um, cheering, applauding, and laughing at it like like it was like it was funny. And that's what really like stuck out mm-hmm. to me because that's the that's the that's the overall culture. Um, of some of some of these, uh, you know, organizations. I don't know, Josh. You, you know, you you are you are a resident police officer. What, what, what do you have to say? That was my AKA right there. That's the resident, the, resident cop. cop. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so as a as a police officer, I'm just kind of like, what he said, no. And if any, if you have to take something away from a lot of the comments and Twitter statements that our president has put out, is that. Yes, he can. He says these things, but he is not omnipotent. He does not hold the power for everything that comes out of his mouth. Like there is systems like and procedures that, that things have to go through before any of those things can actually happen. Um, that's one thing. Second thing is 
because it was just a statement i don't think he was making trying to make like a law or anything um police departments are still going to have officer discretion and that's really what it comes down to is that officer's discretion so whatever they do is is on that officer so i don't see police brutality stopping today or tomorrow but at the same time you know i don't think it's going to have this some major upswing now either Nah, I, I, so I think that the type, this type of talk and this type of rhetoric is, is deadly um, and it's dangerous because, and, and, and before I, before I make this point, um, what I will say is that several, several uh, police departments came out and rebuked um, Donald Trump's statements, which is, uh, you know, kudos to them um for coming out and saying you know that's not how we do business here uh we treat everybody with respect which is you know which is cool because there are some police departments out there that, that actually do it right and there are police officers out there that do the job right um but for those police officers who don't do the job correctly um who do engage in you know brutality and for those police officers who witness this brutality and don't say anything they turn a blind eye this type of rhetoric from the president of the united states I feel like will only embolden them to continue the actions that they've been continued that they've been you know that they've been perpetrating, um, and it only continue those who it only continue. Um, I disagree. For those for those who have been turning blind eyes to police brutality, they'll, they'll just continue to do so. It's, it's like <laughs> my president said it. I'm, it's cool. I, I'm good. It'll rough them up a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all can. I mean, I don't think chime gonna, I think, what do you think the police that we're already doing are going to continue to do it, and I think that the <laughs> yeah. police that aren't doing it are not going to do it. But they're not. They are going to continue to not say anything about it because it's usually the the police that have been around for the longer period of time that do those kind of things because they know that they can get away with it and they know the system and blah blah. blah. So like the younger police. And, and this is just what I assume and from the conversations that I've had with you know different police officers it seems like the younger police tend to be the ones that are not going to be involved in that behavior but um, are not in a position to say anything because that really is like you know career suicide at that point mm. so not I mean really. and how 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 do we fix it you mean is this the that climate um this culture well, because According to the Justice Department, fewer than one percent of police officers, when they are uh, accused of brutality or are engaged in a you know a, a shooting, police shooting, are in, less yeah. than one percent are indicted. So that less than well, less That's than one percent are. Why? Well, because of where the law... So I actually... Uh, funny story. I actually wrote my entrance paper to the School of Social Work on this very topic. Um, but the reason is because in order to... In order for you to indict somebody on the things that the police are getting held up for, um, a lot of times it's because they killed a victim um, or a, a, an alleged criminal. So the issue is, is that they have a get out of jail free card by saying their lives were threatened. Because that's such an objective thing to say, you can't tell me that my I didn't feel like my life was threatened. Regardless of what the situation was, you cannot tell me that I wasn't, you know? Like, even if they were unarmed, even if they were sitting down, if it, it could have been anything that made me feel like my life was threatened, and that's 
the way that I reacted. Um, and because that is allowed, it's almost impossible to hold them responsible for something because you cannot argue that. Um, so what I think in order to change that um, and to see the change that people are looking for um, is really to, to adopt the policy that the military has during when they're downrange. Um, the rules of engagement. I think that if you shoot somebody, um, there needs to be, regardless of whether you feel like your life was threatened or not, um, I think that you need to, the other things need to come into play as well. Like it needs to override that. So I know in combat, if you shoot somebody um, and you cross over them, so if you shoot, if someone is shooting at you actively and they drop their weapon, they're no longer armed, You, if you shoot them, you can be brought up on criminal charges. No, you getting locked up. So if that's, we're at war and that's how the military views those issues. Why is that when we're, you know, domestic, we don't have that same policy. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's because it's not federal. And and, it's and not, that's true. It's not a federal that's thing. That's true. Like you have, and you have elected officials, yep. sheriffs and, and all these small counties and cities and, and towns. And that's why I think that like, the federal government needs to take a stand and say, Hey, under these conditions, regardless of how you feel, you cannot do this. You cannot do X, Y, Z. And the reason that I think they should take that stance on it is because you are joining a profession that is inherently dangerous, right? So I do not feel, and it's going to sound fucked up and people will be mad at me to say this. I do not feel sympathy for you that you were in a situation where you felt like your life was threatened. Because you joined a profession in which this is going to happen to you more often than not. Um, so you need to be the person in the situation to defuse the situation. You need to be the person in the situation to know, hey, I am in a dangerous situation, but I can defuse it by doing X, Y, Z. Pulling your gun out and shooting someone should not be your first or really second um, thought process. You know what I'm saying? Now, I understand if someone pulls a gun out on you and you shoot them, all right, I understand that. If somebody um, is, I mean, like in the uh, Mike Brown, Darren Wilson thing, when they were fighting, and then, you know what I'm saying, that that fight kind of broke out, and then there was a back away, and then he shot him, like, okay, that situation, I can see it going either way, right? Because you were combative in the beginning. But I think that Darren should have been in a situation he could have diffused it at that point after the fighting ended. Um, but, like, I just think that the government needs to stand in and not make this a state issue. Because if it remains a state issue, it's going to continue to be the problems that we have. Because, um, because there's really no reason to change it. Because the people that are getting affected the most by it don't have the ability to change the law. And I think I think there was a there was a, in the last administration I think there was a time that we were moving towards um, some some changes and some reform uh, in policing with under uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch, and of course under Obama. Um, but with the, the you know recent change in administration and recent change in Attorney General Jeff Sessions, uh, they've they've you know pulled back on you know civil rights uh, cases under the uh, Department of Justice and uh, they really haven't focused much on a lot of uh, police brutality. They've actually given uh, police a little bit more power um, to you know to kind of do you know what they need to do under their own umbrella essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Oh, go ahead, John. No, I just, it's something just I just thought about something. When we were comparing the military and the armed services with 
the police and how they should, you know, have some type of standard across the board. And you got to think about, and you talked about Mr. Sessions, is that the military polices itself. We have our own uniform code of military justice that we, we handle from beginning to end, like all of it. But for a police officer, they're still in like supposedly like any other citizen. And so when you put them through a court system that's already kind of looking at the police officer as being correct, regardless of the situation, you know, it's it's completely different. And so it's really hard to adjudicate them in a way that some may feel is fair. Well, I don't think that that I think that also should change, too. I uh, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at is that I don't think that police officers should be have a jury of civilians that decide whether they did right or wrong. Wait, here's why. I hope you're not saying they're about to have a jury of their peers. I, I think they should. And here's why. <laughs> no, check this out, though. This is because think about it. When you're in the military, that's what happens. It's other people that are in that possession that are going to make that decision. Because as long as you have civilians, they're, the yep. way that they're going to look at a police officer is that they did the right thing. They, they like are they here to serve and protect people. us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, nine times out of ten, I'm going to think that they did the right thing in the right situation. Regardless of what anybody else is saying, You, I believe that you are trained to do the right thing because you're a cop. You know what I'm saying? Like, just out to get, it's just like if us as military people, we get pulled over and fucking they ask for our ID and we hand them a military ID. They think we're good people simply because we have military IDs. They let us go. I can't tell you how many times I got off speeding because I have a military <laughs> ID. Like... I speed just like Peace the dog. next and you, and you knew you knew it would work. But if an MP pulled me over, I bet you I get the fucking ticket. You know why? Because oh, they're military no. too. They don't give a fuck. So like, that's the thing, man. If there were other cops, because I think to say that them having a jury of police officers, they'll always get off. I think that's assuming that all police officers are fucked up, and I don't think that's the case. I think there are more. No, I'm not saying all. Police I think officers that there are, are more police officers uh, that are willing to do the right thing and hold the bad police officers responsible. But the problem is that the system allows civilians to look at these heroes and fucking decide that they're bad people, and that's never going to happen. But if you look at a cop who looks at another cop and is like, look, in this situation, you could have did X, Y, and Z to defuse this. Yeah, nah, bro, you fucked up. You messed up. So I'm going to hold you responsible. But I think it takes somebody that understands that profession, and it takes somebody that understands how to deal with these situations to really adjudicate or, Mm -hmm. or, or really enforce these kinds of punishments on these people because me as a person i don't know what i'm supposed to do if you think about the average person a guy ran from you after he allegedly robbed somebody what are you supposed to do Call the police? <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know you know what i'm saying like so here's the thing. The so in that, in, um, <laughs> I read this interesting article. Remember the video of the police officer, the black guy ran away from the police officer and the police officer shot him and then dropped his taser on him and said, oh, he tried to steal yes. my taser. Right? Okay. So yes. I read an article that um, they believe that the reason that that police officer got off is because the jury wanted to know what happened prior to the video starting. Was that, that was Walter Scott, I want to say that's the person it was. Um... But, but so that's, that's the thing though. So because the jury wants to know, okay, well, how do we get to the situation where the guy is in front of the police officer and feels like he has to run away? Why is that not on video? So because that they give the officer the benefit of the doubt, because they're like, if you were doing the right thing at all times, you wouldn't have been in that situation. And this never would have happened. That's a civilian's mindset. You know what I'm saying? That's the average person's mindset. But a police officer would have been like, it doesn't matter. 
he you right. shot him and dropped your taser like <laughs> yeah. you you planted evidence dog I don't like no man i don't you seen that new, know, that recent man. video from hey. the baltimore uh cop that his video his uh body cam showed him putting drugs in a can throwing it and then him and two or three other officers walking out turn his video camera on and walking back in to be like oh we found these drugs yeah. He didn't realize that his camera shows two minutes of footage before he actually turns it on. He never. See, that's it. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't know if I would have uh, more faith in a system where police officers judge. At least half officers. and half. Um, only because only only because, um, you know, you look at how many how many police officers don't say anything about uh, when they you know witness yeah i think i think it'd be uh, different though you know excess, excessive force i mean a, the the a study done by the the, the u.s justice department said that 84 percent of police officers uh stated that they've directly witnessed uh, a fellow officer using more than more than more force than necessary but we know the percentage of people police officers that get reported by the okay so officers. here's here's uh, it's significantly well, the, here's, less if you that. think so, about if you think about a police officer that if he comes up not saying that he should be quiet if he sees something wrong he definitely should but what you're requiring him to now do is to take his badge off sit on a on a stand in front of a jury and a judge and all these other police officers in the courtroom and say that man right there that police officer that we've all worked with for the last 15 years is a liar and he's brutal and he's done all this other stuff too and then he's supposed to go home and go to sleep and be like I hope no one jacked well, me up. He's supposed to go to work. This entire the next- police department. Oh, and you're, and you're, and you're but, asking him to hey, do the wait, same wait, thing wait, on, a, on a jury. Wait. No, you're not. When you're asked, when you say, "Oh, you send out your jury letters. They're all random. You send out five to five random police officers. Hey, come sit on this, sit on this jury and listen to this case." And then they make a decision in a closed room, closed door. Nobody knows what's going on. No one knows how they vote. Yeah, you don't. And then they, the case and is they closed, don't know and the then police they go home. Officer from a can of paint. But if another police officer right. that works in that same precinct. Sits on a stand. Sits on the stand. It's, it's he's different. dead. Pretty much, he's dead because now nobody else is gonna trust him. So he has to go to work knowing that no one has his back. In, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why they don't do it. I don't fault them for not doing it. <laughs> That's why I think that that that. And if maybe not all police officers should sit on the jury, maybe it should be half and half. So there is somebody who has the the knowledge and the know how to explain to people who don't know, you know, how this could have been handled differently. You know? Yeah, and you know what kills me? Is that in these cases, when it goes to jury, and they say this jury is a jury of your peers, but like, the people that that police officer that in that community that he polices in, clearly none of them are sitting on the yep. jury because <laughs> otherwise it would have a completely different yep. outcome. Yep, so it's definitely not his peers or the people that he protects. And I think that that's just off, Mm-mm. man. I just think that's off. Um, so I, but I think that's the way to, to fix it, man. I, I think I, I think single-handedly, I have figured it out. We you just think, solved our police brutality issue. I did. I did. I did. I don't because I I don't but see any. We got so I don't, I don't see any issue with that with that uh, solution because any other thing, anything else is just not gonna work. I don't think. Well, so here's the thing, though, right? Because this, this is the thing. So we, we, you figured out how to yep. get convictions, but 
we, we gotta get we gotta get to charging people first because that that does well that, i think that's that'll happen happening. on its own though i think well i think it'll think be so? a domino Why? effect i think that if convictions can happen through this solution that i'm proposing i think that it will entice or it will encourage people to come forward it will encourage people to say things or or or, or be more open with sharing video because i'm sure even though we see a lot of cop videos of them doing fucked up things i'm sure that there's plenty more out there but i think it'll give people hope to to come forward and give that information so that justice will be served but i think right now everyone has the mentality that it doesn't matter what a cop does he's gonna get off so what's the point of coming forward yeah you know what about this internal affairs thing like Uh, who are the internal affairs that are conducting these investigations into these brutality cases internal affairs is a joke here's why because i don't know i don't know if you guys had to do it while you guys were um in the military and, and Josh still in, but have you ever been an investigation officer at IO? Okay, so yep. for the people out there listening, an IO is basically a random soldier, usually an officer, who was put in charge to go investigate a situation that happened within a, in some kind of their organization, and all they do is go interview people and then suggest, um, they present the facts, and then they suggest a punishment moving forward, right? Are you? Oh wait, time out. Are you about to say that's no, how that's not? That's affairs not what I'm saying. How internal affairs work? But this is. Okay, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I, <laughs> I just wanted. So the reason I'm is... saying internal affairs is a joke is because um, when internal affairs comes in, just like an IO, they're getting the information secondhand, right? They didn't. None of this. They have seen it for themselves. They're not. They really don't know anybody in this place from a can of paint. So they really don't know who is reliable with information, who is not reliable with information, right? There's no yes. incentive for them to come out with any kind of um, prosecution, any kind of wrongdoing. There's no incentive for that. And there shouldn't be, but there isn't. Now, there's probably plenty of um, cases that they have to go and investigate, right? So, as you can imagine, a lot of them get overlooked. A lot of them. They go in, it looks like a situation they had dealt with before, so they just go, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Some Such and such was over-exaggerating, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Or someone feeds them information like, oh, we are already done X, Y, and Z. He's off with no pay. He is suspended. He is going to be prosecuted, blah, blah. And then they just go, okay. And then they walk away from it. Like, internal affairs is not... <laughs> They're not gonna give you the justice or the, the, I guess the answers that we're looking for as civilians or as people because they're a part of that culture. So, so in a sense, they get jaded, especially if you're you're permanently internal affairs. That is your yeah. job. This is all you do, twenty four seven. You're like, like you said, I've seen this situation. This is what the outcome is. I know this because I've seen this right. a million no times. No matter, like you have no. Yeah. So it's now become subjective instead of objective. Right. You're like you're inserting yourself because it's just yeah. to you it's it's common it's like, knowledge when it's really you know, not. You say I've seen this case a billion times. You know, no matter what I write up, he's gonna get away with it anyway. So instead of wasting my what two months investigating this and it going nowhere, I could just write up a report saying there is nothing here, um, or it wasn't that big of a deal, or the they're handling it internally and it's fine, and go on with my life. 
You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants so, to. And, and so the reason we, that I so, the reason I equate that to being an IO in the military is because you have shit. Yeah, you have exactly shit you, to do in your like, regular job. <laughs> that you do being an IO, even though that's your place of duty, is getting in the way. Like nobody cares. You still have inventory to do. You still have stuff to do, dog. So like, you want to get it done with as soon as possible. And I'm sure Internal Affairs wants to get it over with as soon as possible. Because if they're really investigating people the way that they should be, it's gonna take forever. Not really forever, but it's gonna take like months before you get anything back. And even then, people it's are just true. gonna give him. So, so, so what you're saying, what you're saying is, if Internal Affairs was doing their job the way they should be doing their job, you would see a lot more no. police officers. What I'm saying um, is, if Internal Affairs was doing their job the way that they should be doing their job, there would be like a two to three year backlog. A fucking things that they need to investigate. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, you might not know. There might be a two to three year backlog of things that they're investigating. You know that, that I mean, it thing. might be. And I mean, no harm, no foul to anybody who's internal affairs out there. I'm sure your life is shitty. But like, um, <laughs> but that, that's just the way that I view it is that they've got a bunch of stuff they've got to do. They've got probably plenty of things they're supposed to look into, but because you gotta really think about how many police job, and I, I really don't know the answer to this question, but think about how many police actually work at a police station, and then think about how many like interactions they have with people every day. Now think about how many of those people complain. So how does Internal Affairs decide what they're going to look into and what they're not? Do you have video? Oh, Man. we gotta look into that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 def, there's definitely a um, like a requirement. There's like a line, and like we said, it's a state level. So it, there's like they have to look into things that involve officers discharging his weapon. In some areas they do, in some areas they don't, because in some areas officers discharge their weapons at a much higher rate than other areas. So it's all it all depends. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I there, mean, there is no one answer. So that's, that's crazy. But yeah, there's, every, I mean, there's a every, lot of police every, officers. Every, there's a lot of places that say they don't have enough police officers, and that's one reason we see so many issues. Is that police officers are seeing the same things with the same people in the same areas over and over again, and they're worn out. They're tired. They're overworked. Underpaid. They say they're underpaid. And there's and there's a lot of issues with it, and so people and people obviously don't want to be police. Not officers. now. Just like there's one percent of the military from the entire U.S. population, so that not a lot of people want to be police I mean, officers because it is I dangerous. Think now people don't want to be police officers at all because of the bad the stigma behind it, especially black people because even black officers are getting shot by cops. So this is crazy. But, um, <clears throat> that that so is. That I is can see why people don't um, want to be police officers. You know, it's funny. I disagree I with you because we, we need. I think we need Texas, more Texas black did a police huge officers. Hiring of a ton of police officers and Dallas, yeah, they, they asked people did. to come out and apply, and people were like, "Yes, I will," is, and make me work and police my neighborhood. That would be cool if I, yeah. if you could. Yeah, I, I, I think that's. That? I, I, I think that's what ultimately we we you need. You need but more more African. Here's my question. Because I mean, let's let's be. Josh, do you have the? I, I think Josh had the answer, but Shay, you might have the answer too. So if I want to be a cop. So say I live in PG County, and I join the the PG County Police Force. Can I pick where I want to patrol? Like, can I patrol my neighborhood, or do they pick where I patrol? Mm. 
they pick where you patrol. It's it gets real complicated into our, the military is a DA six, which is just just the roster of who works when, and there's only seven days in a week, and maybe you work a four days on, three days mm-hmm. off, and you rotate areas. Um, and so it depends on how that police department does it, and every police department is different. Like New York has a ton of police officers, but they still don't have enough. They have so many different boroughs. They have people that walk the street, that people that drive. Mm-hmm. They have cops everywhere. So, but can do you? So, do but they get to choose. Or it's just kind of no, like you, pick you normally can choose where it. you patrol. Yeah. So you so you'll get somewhere usually like from A Street to B Street is like your area. But at the same time, now you have dispatch yeah. who actually sends police officers to different calls. And so you may get called to a situation outside of the normal area that you work in. So I think that would be cool. So, I think that would really but I think that I could see the problem with that uh, with people being corrupt and being paid off, but I think that that would be cool if people could police, if people could join the police force and police their neighborhood, you know? Because um, I think that you have that rapport with the people in your community that you know who you can talk to to get information from and you know, you know, where the bad spots are. Not necessarily bad, but where things typically t- tend to happen and things of that nature. So, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's called community, it's literally called community policing. Community policing. Community policing, yeah. integrated policing, depending on how you want to say it. Um, there are there are police departments that do that mm-hmm. though that actually and they do it well yeah and too. they either their officers will live and work in that mm-hmm. neighborhood or their officers strictly work in that neighborhood so they don't have to live there mm-hmm. per se but like they will work only in that neighborhood so if they're working at any point in time they're in that neighborhood that's their area yeah but so even so, so the, the second option I don't know how well that works because I'm policing the areas yeah I don't live in you know so. But I guess if I live, if I There's, work there for a period of time, I'll get used to the community. Um, yeah, that's so a, yeah. yeah. I, I, I see what and you the, got. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's cool. That's cool. And I, we do it. We do it here in uh in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it, it it works. I mean, it sucks sometimes because you have to. You're constantly getting calls, and I don't mean like, oh, there's a robbery on on Sixth Street. It's like people call like, hey, I saw a dog running down the street. It didn't have a leash on. Hey, there's a cat meowing on my roof. And there's a ton of police calls that come in that nobody ever hears yeah. about, but it's it's stuff that these police officers have to deal with every single day. And it's like, what is you know going what? on? Why are you, why are all these things happening? Now that you say that, I'm mad at every police video. I see them playing basketball or football with kids. Cause you got stuff to do. Like, <laughs> if I got time for you, that, be out here playing. That's exactly oh, that's the point. But the community also will complain and be upset when they don't feel like they know their police officers. So do you think police officers should like go door to door and introduce themselves or like? No, you don't have to. Like one one thing we did to just make our presence known because I have a neighborhood in my my company's AO and we just do training in the neighborhood so like if they're renovating houses on a certain block we'll go out and we'll do like some active shooter training in one of the empty houses so that the the neighborhood sees us out there and they can watch us do what we do and we can talk to them they can talk to us ask questions and it's just a a get together basically like we're training but they're also getting to know who we are as people so that we're not just police officers to them i think that's i think that's one of the uh I think that's a way. Um, ultimately, though, uh, like I think that it, the, the mindset within uh, police departments and these organizations has to change. It has to change from the top down, from like mayors 
on down to police chiefs, on down to lieutenants and captains in the police departments. Like, uh, and they really got to be against um, brutality, and they really got to, you know, build that that positive culture within their organization. Um, in order for there to be any real change, like it has to come from within these these organizations, because. You know, politicians can make up rules and laws all day from the outside, but it's got to come from the people within the organization, the police officers, those those who have made their way up the ranks, um, the mayors in the cities, the, the police chiefs. And they really got to take a stand against police brutality and see that when um, officers are going over the line, that they're being held accountable. I think accountability is the biggest, the biggest um, issue. Uh, not issue, but what is like the biggest thing here is accountability. And then also, I think we need to train, you know, maybe retrain some of our officers that are having issues with, you know, excessive force on how to de-escalate, you know, situations. Uh, you Retraining can never hurt. I mean, look at like, uh, what is it, that city in Salt, um, Salt Lake yeah. City. They haven't had a, a police nope, shooting. No police involved shooting since in what? A, a police shooting since in a year and a half. And, you well, know, Salt Lake and, City and is a lot different they, than they, they, Chicago. Bro, they, no, it's it's a city, nonetheless. With people who do bad things and cops that have to go out and put their lives on the line. Ah, bro, it's it's Salt Lake City is a city, nonetheless. I mean, it's, it's, they're doing but something I think the that's other working. Issue is just right? what Josh was saying is that there's not enough I, police officers. There's not enough time. They can't do it. They if they're doing if so, you tell there's not enough no. time to train to train police no, officers. No, no, no. I, then that's an issue. No, I'm not talking about the initial the training because I mean, there, you go through training. No, I'm not talking about initial training. I mean, you should get it in initial training, but there should there should always do we just come into military no, and like you think about the military, right? We were talking about because we're Bro. we're spread over the U.S. We're spread over the so, world. So so we just send cops out, and you and so you're you what you're saying is it's no. it's totally fine See, and acceptable to no. just send cops now out, and never putting, never for them to never get trained and retrained. I'm not words saying that of course there should it should not happen. I get that I'm it doesn't happen. It's not happening because there's no time. I get obviously that's the problem is that it's not happening but and it needs to happen. Be, they need to they gotta they, they have need to find the time. Police officers, I think that's what it is. They're undermanned, and the reason they're undermanned is because they're underpaid. Nobody wants to put their life on the line for what forty forty thousand dollars a year. Sure <laughs> Thirty nine thousand dog. No. What? Granted, people in the military do, but we can be much smaller what? than a nation's police That's force. a little bit different because people in the military do it, but there's a lot of incentives, there's a lot of benefits, there's a lot of things that you make a lot more money than that. We talking about True. you making $40,000 a year, you have really shitty medical, probably shitty dental, no vacation, like... No, that's... And you, that's not... I don't care. I, I'm, I'm gonna be straight. I might sound like a fucked up person, but, but I don't care. That's but not, that's I my point, though. I don't care how many, how many people don't want to do that's it the or, point. or whatever. I'm talking about the people that are there need to do it because, obviously, it's 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 been shown to work in certain cities where retraining and this, uh, the de-escalation training that, they, that officers well, have done. Well, they probably have city, enough so- officers. Uh, have result, have... have <laughs> all it's right, not the same. So, I think that... What, so do you, what do you mean you have to have enough no, officers to de-train it? Like, I think we're saying the I, same thing, but I'm you're not, not really, like, hearing me. So I think that the first issue that needs to be addressed is just like with the under with the not having enough teachers. The first thing that needs to be addressed is the pay. There has to be an incentive for people to want to do this. I understand that people think that oh, if I do a job that I love, 
it doesn't matter the pay, that is not realistic. The cost of living is going up. People have mouths to feed. People have bills to pay. They are not going to leave their family every fucking day to go out in these streets and, and, and put their lives on the line, regardless of what it is, because people get hit just do it, giving out tickets. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they're not going to do it for thirty-five dollars to $40,000 a year. They're not. Period. Is that what police officers I bet you police officers ain't making much. I know that when I applied for a police officer gig, <laughs> they offered me 43. <laughs> so, and 43 in Maryland, if y'all niggas live out here, ain't shit. <laughs> so, come on, dog. Like, no, that's not a thing. It's just not. So, I think that that needs to be changed. So, once that changes, so then they more- can do the things that you want to do. Because what I hear a lot of times when police officers say why these training things are happening, why they're underchained, why they're exhausted, why they're burnt out, is because there aren't enough police officers there. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's, I don't think it gets that, real complicated. Yeah, I don't think it's that they don't want to. I think they recognize the ways that they could be better, but they can't. I think there are many ways or many things okay, so that we that have to do in order to May, increase May 25, May, May 25, May 2015, the average annual pay for a police officer and sheriff patrol officers is $61,000 a year. Stop. Not bad. <laughs> where you at, bro? I don't make 60. I don't. Well, if you were living in D.C. making $60,000 a year, then no, nah, that's, that's not really nothing. But if you like in Texas somewhere, maybe yeah, that'll go a long way. That's not bad. I think we're getting we you know we getting off uh, off topic. I mean, it, you could you could you could sit here and, and run the numbers all day. Uh, ultimately, there are several things that you know departments across the country have to do in order to um, one increase their effectiveness and then you know crack down on misconduct and um, police abuse. Uh, we, we talked about it, holding police officers accountable mm-hmm. for their actions. Um, retraining police officers, changing the culture within departments. I mean, it's a lot of things that we need to do. It's a lot of it's a lot of reasons why we can say that these things are happening and why they're not happening. But I mean, I think people know what needs to be done now. It just takes the actual execution, um, and that, that's what really that's what really we really need to see um, is these things being being executed. Uh, and unfortunately, I just don't think that we are going to make much progress. Uh, in those those areas under this current administration, just based off of the rhetoric uh, that you hear coming from this administration um, and the things that they place yeah. their priorities in. Sure, but at the same time, we're not going to see anything from the administration on a national level. Yeah. So what you're going to see is the continued local levels, because local police and police chiefs still understand that they police and provide a service for their community. They're the ones that are really in charge of their areas. So you're still going to see them proactively get after some of the issues that we're seeing. But again, it's not an overnight kind of thing. So no, no, no federally from the president down, it ain't going to happen because it's not something that he can really do anything about nor does he want to at this point the previous president yes he did want to do something at the federal level but it i don't think it's what what at the end of the day what our potus said via his conference or interview whatever he was doing is not going to change much of anything it'll change the world Chris. it's just not it ain't it damn sure ain't gonna make nothing <laughs> that's better true. that that's, that's for sure but what, what he's saying is not gonna make anything better uh, so it, 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 it might not be, you know, improving anything, but it, 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 
or, or making anything worse, which I, I disagree with. I I, I, dis, I totally disagree with you that what he's saying isn't going to make things worse. I think things can get really? much worse. Uh, I, yes, with, I do. With police? Yes, I How? I, how? I mean, it's because of the It's bad as it is. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. How much bad could it be? Just based off of. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. It just because of what he said, it is going to get much worse. But I think that it it can be worse. People are getting shot, and the police are getting off. What is worse than that? What? More people getting shot and less people. It don't get much like, worse than that. We're at the bottom see, of the fucking barrel. You're gonna bro. see more, bro. More like it's like I, I don't know, man. It's just getting to like we're at the bottom of the know, barrel, dog. When red, when lights flash in the back of your car, people are panicking. Like you can't go. Don't get worse, dog. Ah, uh, you. Ah, uh, it's 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 ridiculous. It's, something needs to be done. But I think we, I think we can wrap it up on that. You damn right, we can wrap it up because Game of Thrones is on, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, before we go, before we go though, can I get a, a moment of silence? Uh, and I just want to say R.I.P. Oh, oh, oh! Don't say R.I.P. because oh. Spicy got out of the sunken place. Don't, don't. My man's is not dead. <laughs> my, my man's spicy. Oh, my man's spicy. My man, is, quit, dog. That hurt. Is is gone. I was a real Bruh, hit, he's, dog. He's, he's uh. So shout out, shout out to Spicy, who's been the topic of many of hey. our conversations. Sean Spicer, for those who, for those of you who are just listening for the first time, we're talking about the old former press secretary, one Sean Spicer. Um, our favorite topic of discussion no, here at Square Table for the last six, seven. Person in the world, like I don't even know, dog. <laughs> Spicer is funny as fuck. <laughs> Hey, Spicy, if you listening, we would love to get you on the show and kind of get like an inside scoop of what's been going on in the White House. So I know you're not listening, but if you just, if you, for whatever reason, bro, come, come show us some love. Yo, it's your boy, Darren Deshay from The Square Table. Hey, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and make sure you tell your mama and your mama friends to do the same. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook at The Square Table 3.0. Until next time, stay safe and stay focused.